Before we get started, I want to share some information about organic superfoods. If you're feeling like you need a boost in your nutrition, check out the link below. We have a wide variety of supplements and products which are the most nutrient-dense on the market. If you're looking for products where results matter, look no further than here. And the best part is, if you see something you like, I'm offering you the chance to get a great discount with my personal code. All you have to do is shoot me a message on any of my platforms which are linked in my Hoobie below. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Ascension Show. Today, I have Elliot here with me. Uh, we connected through our tribe community. Elliot, where are you calling from? Calling from sunny England. Sunny England. Yeah. That doesn't happen too yeah. often, does it? No, it doesn't. That's why I emphasize the good old sun. Had to get out and on, on in it. Yeah, get your vitamin D, man. Nothing like it. Absolutely. I mean, when, like I said, whenever the sun's out, I'm going for a walk or I'm training in the sun, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's truly, it's truly reminiscent. Like you go in the sun, even for 10, 20 minutes, you feel so much better. Um, lately I haven't been getting in the sun as much. Um, and you know, yesterday was a good day. I went, went, um, on a boat with some friends and we went to this little uh, Island and, you know, got some sun, got a cold plunge, barefoot grounding, um, felt super good afterwards. So, um, I'm really fortunate to live on the ocean where you can do something like that. I do um, think about the ocean quite often. I wish I was yeah. closer to it. How, how uh, close are you to a? How close are you to a beach? The closest beach is twenty miles, and it's an absolute hive. It's um, yeah. I think of like, I'm not sure how well you know England, but <laughs> there's some crummy places, and that's one one of the crummy ones. So. Good beach, you're talking 40 miles, maybe. Okay. That's, I mean, that's kind of far. I, um, yeah. Yeah. So, right now, I live at a place where I could, I could bike to the beach if I wanted to, if I was feeling adventurous, you know, probably take me like 30 minutes. Uh, car ride, probably 10 minute drive. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really fortunate where I could, where I can do that. Uh, it's definitely getting warmer here, so all the to all the tourists are coming. So it's gonna be, you know hard to find parking. Now we have to pay for parking this season, but you know it does not does not defeat the, the beach itself. So you can bike that spray. Yeah, yeah, you can bike it. That is free. It's true. Get some exercise. But um, something I think is interesting is the type of people that are attracted to like bodies of water, as compared to a city. Um, I feel like, at least in my experiences, the people here are a lot more chill, a little bit laid back, nicer. I'm from, I'm, you know, I'm from suburbs in a, you know, bigger city than this now. And just all my experiences with the locals have been positive. Mm, I mean, it, for the UK, it's like, it really depends on the location. Like if you go to, I don't know, go to Cornwall somewhere, like let's say Land's End, you'll get all the sort of tourists, you know, it's like come down in tracksuits and whatnot and baking weather. But you can go a few miles around the coast and you will find nobody. You'll find those nice people. But the majority of people on beaches come down in the summer holidays and um, the, the touristy type. The touristy type. 
Yeah. I would be probably classed as a Taurus as well. <laughs> I'd yeah. escape that. Yeah. Um, but it just, I mean, yeah, it just depends where you go. Because um, I think the South, a lot of people are consider the South as like, you know, Southern hospitality and whatnot in the United States. Um, and then a lot of people in the South, like a lot of people from the Northern part of the United States are moving to the Southern part of the United States. And there's a negative connotation associated with the Northerners coming down, at least from the things that I've seen. Um, so it's funny to see because, you know, the Southern people are like, you know, these Northerners are invading the land and whatnot. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all the same. Like, it doesn't matter, but, you know, good experiences with the Northerners, good experiences with the Southerners and vice versa. So, I mean, yeah, there's always good and bad people. I'm, I don't want to paint a broad brush with the yeah. whole tourist thing, but, yeah, you know, you'll find some great people and some not so great people. It, it happens everywhere. So it's absolutely natural. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, when, when you have an established community and, and you're able to, to have you know, rely on certain people in your community, then that's, that's even better. That's like a step up. Um, at least from my experience with, um, with, uh, like a jujitsu gym or, um, there's like a yoga studio that's very community or my food co-op is very community vibes. Um, so it's kind of nice to, um, integrate yourself into a little niche of people that are, that are, you know, all like-minded and that care about each other. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I feel we're losing that um, in where I'm from anyway. I mean, there's, it was good, what is it, Good Friday today. So there was a few like processions of carrying the cross and whatnot for um, Christ, but it, then stuff doesn't happen around here. Like um, there's no community vibe really at all, which is sad because I feel, I feel like, we're made to bond with each other and and be in these tribes. So when you're alone, m the majority of the time, other than co-workers, it just feels a bit, feels odd. On like more, it's hard to describe. It's like a, a spiritual sort of oddness. No, you know? I, I understand because it's like, a, it's almost like the human connection is lost. And, and it's the same, it's the same more or less here too. Like, that community vibe is, is, is being, you know, kind of dis is being disintegrated from culture. And, and like, I live in an apartment right now and really like, you know, I don't really say what's up to my neighbors like that. Like, we you know, I, I try and nod and say, how's it going? But you know, the first thing they do is when they, when like you make eye contact, they look the other way or they get on their phones and I'm, I'm just trying to say what's up. Like, um, but I feel like part of it is, is the integration of like social media and whatnot. And, and having our phones with us so you're kind of in a different world instead of focusing on the the reality that's in your you know physical area um and especially yeah especially you know what with what happened with covid and whatnot people got so isolated so they got used to being alone yeah i mean around here i'm quite fortunate we got good neighbors but it's not much deeper than just saying hi and hello you know like we might say let's go for a meal one day but that never happens yeah uh, and it makes it worse because i'm sort of in the middle of nowhere like i say i could say to people in like a, a few miles radius of here where i live and it's like 
where's that? <laughs> so there's like nothing here at all. It's just a, a few houses and like fields, which I'm looking over right now. But that, that's that's great. But I think I want to do something to help like a local world in some in some way. That's that's where I think I want my attention to go. Connect your community. Yeah. Like the glue guy, bring everybody together. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd love to be like a glue guy, honestly. Maybe I'm already out. I don't know, but I would. I think there's just something about that, like, because it's easy to get lost on the online world, like uh, Instagram and YouTube, Facebook. There's so many distractions. Um, and like I was out today walking in the sun, and there was people. They're on their phones, you know. Like you could just just connect with each other. Like you're going for a walk. Like couples walking, one one of them's on their phone or something, or even a family, and there's nature all around you there's views and and yet they can't communicate like yeah no i see yeah. it too. like driving around you just see people like head down into their phones but approaching a crosswalk head down on their phones i'm i'm looking at them I'm, I'm gonna okay i'm gonna stop here they're definitely you know not aware like imagine if we were both on our phones and i just was not aware i was approaching my crosswalk in a car <laughs> you know like um people are there's so many things to be distracted by and and that's another reason why you know community is kind of not really part of people people's lives um but there's so many benefits to having a community um so you know we we are in a community together and you know we we meet people that are like-minded we want to help each other out we're all about self-improvement we're about getting better and we just want to at the end of the day, it's about making the world a better place, whatever impact it is. Absolutely. And and having, even though this is like an online community and it's been, we haven't like met up yet, but it's like these, I don't know how you, these communities bring together close, like similar minded people, but they we all have our own takes and unique strands of sort of perceiving the world and something that i love so much about that is that i can talk to you and have a completely different perspective and take on life with someone similar in tribe in the community and yeah and take these nuggets of information like um like collect the perspectives and then right. use what works for other people, but for you as well. It's like a mesh of perspectives and yeah, mesh of ideas. Yeah, yeah, because we're not we're not supposed to be the same. We're supposed to bring our uniqueness together and and contribute. And that's another thing about like purpose and whatnot is finding what your uniqueness is. Because I think people like to to put everything into a box at like one or the other or this or that but really there's so much more to it and and really like the, the purpose is finding what you're unique at and it's easy in a community because you find you find your niche and then you contribute to the community in, in your own way definitely like when there's sort of when needs come up which they surely do um you can always test the waters to see if you like that thing or not and that's always a good way to get into 
finding your niche i mean i wouldn't say i personally wouldn't say it's that easy <laughs> i mean no it's definitely not easy yeah <laughs> i yeah it's it's not easy but i think having those people around who you can listen to um and and hear their perspective on something that you might be interested in and you can judge whether that might be for you or not based off of what they say obviously that won't trump the experience right but um i think it's still handy to have that group there and also the people the more people in in a group the more sort of the more obviously the more help but it that help really does increase your way even if it's just accountability Right, because you're you're holding yourself accountable, like when you're integrating yourself with other, these other people, you're you're seeing what they do too, and so that accountability, even if it's not direct, you'll say, okay, well, these people are doing this, so I should probably do it too. Um, and it, it's a it's a great way if you're starting, if you're trying to find your path, if you're trying to find, you know, a purpose in general. A great way to start is to find a community, find a tribe, find a group of people that are doing the things that you want to do. So a great way is like, if I want to start, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little wuss and I want to go, I, I want to level up my, um, my self-esteem or something like that. I, you know, I wanted to, to do that. And so I, I joined a jujitsu gym, a martial arts gym. And, you know, I surrounded myself with people who are, who are thought like that and acted like that and lived a lifestyle like that. So then sooner or later, you know, I, I became like that. And when you're surrounding yourself with those people, you realize, you realize, okay, this, this is, or this isn't for me based on those people that are in that community or in that group. And then, you know, if it is for you, then you begin to emulate those same characteristics that are in, within that culture. For sure. And I think when you're with people who think a similar way, you kind of, or I feel like I'm understood in a way. Right. Um, Exactly. Because a lot of times it can get lonely. Yeah, true. I mean, when you're, yeah, (laughs) when you're online all the time, you lose that, that, that human connection, Hmm. but it's not so bad when you're in person because you're still talking to each other, you're there, but when you're sort of locked in your cave, doing whatever you're doing, being on your own can, like you say, get lonely and having like, I've not, I didn't ever used to go on calls like this, like what we're doing. Oh, never Uh, before. (laughs) Yeah. Never, never. I mean, I would never have done that, but now I like, I've done it with a few guys outside the community and it's like everyone I meet is just, are happy, they're happy to, to get on and talk. And it's just the next level is to bring an online community into reality into real life where we can make tangible sort of benefits and just help each other in our own ways so in the community there might be some guy who's good at marketing and sales but you're good at creating products and you guys come together and now you've got a brilliant team you know you create unique products that can be marketed well without the hassle of having to do all of all of it yourself yeah exactly Exactly. And it's, that's the human connection that, that everybody needs. And, and I, I can agree with you on the fact that like, 
you know, we join this community because we have, you know, and not in the sense that we're lonely, but we we know there's something more to what we're doing and to what other people can contribute. And then you're connected with a couple hundred dudes who are like more than willing to get on a call and provide value to each other. And and that's, you know, that's what a community is. And, and you know, you feel like you're on a path and then all of a sudden you join this community. And in that same path, whatever you were doing, you're it's just your journey on that path is being accelerated at a different rate because you're surrounding yourself with those people. Absolutely. I mean, I, because I've been surrounded now, even this is just because even if it's online and I've never met these guys, but because I'm talking to people from, from it every day, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Um, and participating in calls and whatnot. I, I'm, I'm finding that I'm breaking through old paradigms mm. much quicker than had I done this alone and I think this is one of the one of my main problems with uh, internet and hustle culture is like you just grind grind and grind nose to the grindstone yeah. but you don't consider how much nose you actually have so to speak like there's you can like exponentially grow yourself double as fast as you were on your own in whatever field because there's always going to be insights that you haven't thought about or or seen or had yet that someone else further down the line has but is willing to help you mm -hmm. and and i think there's a specific urge with everybody that like oh i'm gonna do it by myself and and i i can do it on my own but yeah fall on your face you know one too many times and you'll say all right never mind you know it's it's human nature to to want help and to want connection um and i, I think, think sorry go i was just gonna say like you know the the desire the longing desire even if you don't realize it's there that you you need that human connection can can sometimes manifest itself in in anxiety or you know even depressive depressive um mannerisms definitely and being like going back in in deep time if you were to get ostracized or leave your groove that was certain certain death like it just wasn't something that you you don't want to be out in the wilderness on your own one of the biggest instruments. yeah like if you if you survive that then obviously you get your respect back but chances are you wouldn't and i think that was more black and white back then not that i lived there or i know but yeah. You know, you either survive or you don't. But nowadays, it's like we're surrounded by people who are everywhere, but you could be completely locked in your head because you're, you just want to do things alone. And you see other people as different to you. And when you, when you do that, that's when I think like the depression and anxiety and, and whatever comes along because you're walking around, there's people around you. They might be wanting to talk to you, but you're so in your head that you, you won't even allow yourself to, talk so yeah. you know people are there and yet you don't you find it hard to to connect with these people for yeah, whatever reason it's a big and another thing with that is is being present if you're practicing mindfulness and you're and you're conscious of of the the now then then you can have a clear state of mind to be able to connect with people on that level um i've, I've noticed through um consecutive days of meditation that you know more and more 
and become more aware of the present moment because you know when you meditate you're able to like ease those thoughts that constantly are reminiscing through your brain and when you're able to like become aware of those thoughts and realize that it's just it's just these you know waves of energy that enter into your into your conscious mind then you can kind of become more you become more aware and then you can become more or less in control of it and be able to tune it out to to be more present and and that's something that i've experienced at least i agree with that i mean you can once you're consciously aware you can then build filters to stuff to information that you maybe were taking in before but now you can see it was really hazardous like you know it could be listening to music all day mm. it like it like numbs you to a point where your sort of baseline is listening to music to get by and that is absolutely no way to to oh. live like music is a is an absolute gift and there's amazing things that can come from music but to to distract your mind so much that you can't be present because your thoughts and your headspace is so cluttered is not a good place to be especially when you're like you got the lone wolf sort of sigma grind set um mindset yeah and and you should, you should ideally you should be welcoming the silence you should be okay with silence okay with the stillness um because if you're if you're not okay with that then then you're not okay with your you know yourself intuitively like with your own with your own self with your own thoughts and not to say that the, you know thoughts are yours but you you need to be at a place where you can be okay with the silence and just be with you you know no one else is going to be with you all the time except you I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, but you know it, it, it is true because because it, you know we do get distracted. We distract ourselves to not be with ourselves. You know, we're listening to music or we're scrolling on Instagram or you know eating food or smoking weed, getting drunk, and all that is just is just a deviation away from ourselves, our 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 who we are and our our thoughts and and whatnot. And when we, the more we continue to distract ourselves, the more we dissociate from ourselves and the more, the more we can't, we can't be with ourselves. You're going to have to keep distracting yourself even more. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, uh, I find it tricky even now sometimes like to, I mean, I haven't been meditating all that long. Overall, probably more like, um, two years or so that's a long time man that's more than a lot of people yeah but that's that's staggered on and off i mean but i'm trying to get to a point where it's um consistent and i, I am consistent now but i want it to be part of my routine where it's like i can't break it it's a non-negotiable yes yes uh, yeah me, oh go ahead. go ahead i was just gonna, i was gonna say like I started meditating on the, on a daily basis, probably what's, what's it now? Three, three months ago, I want to say, and I was doing it on a daily basis and I integrated in, I did, I started only morning and then I integrated it into a nightly routine too. Then I had surgery, it fell off. And so now I'm like trying to reintegrate it into my routines, which is going pretty well. Um, but now like 
you know, for those of you who don't know, I had knee surgery. So I can't sit on, I can't sit crisscross applesauce. I got to lay down to meditate now. So that's been its own experience, but it still doesn't, you know, stain the fact that, you know, I'm meditating. How do you do that? Welcome to sleep. Um, I don't know. Do you keep your legs up? No, no. I, I close my eyes. I just lay there, breathe. Um, so I, I like to, um, Arlen says in his, in his, that he just tries to sit there and sit still. Um, so it's hard not to like fidget my toes or, or, you know, rustle my fingers around, but, um, yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm not really worried about falling asleep to be honest with you. I think, I guess to each their own, I don't know. True. I mean, if I, I know that for a fact, if I had laid on the floor for long enough, even if it was a hard floor, I would go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. For me though, I like to meditate on a sturdy chair. On a chair. Yeah. Um, like just keep my back straight. Um, I mean, after a while you get used to sitting up for some time. It's for me, it's like my my faults. And I mean, I had a call with a guy from the community as well. Um, legend by the way, <laughs> Will. And um yeah, and uh he he instantly saw it was it was like when you meditate don't have it as a task i need to meditate in 20 minutes or so you press the timer and now it's now it's an activity that you you do rather how it should be is that you're just there mm. there's set the intention before you go on that you're just going to sit there rather than you have to or you're forcing yourself to meditate because you sort of by setting an intention of having to complete it by a certain time you're now in like task mode and you're my mind's always active then it's like when's it done when's it done i'm thinking over and over mm. when is it done i'm not sure if you heard that no it's all good it's all good you're good man i had a presence of alarm <laughs> uh, those are good man those are good stuff yeah well no for sure i'm and this all feeds into the whole meditating thing. So with that intention, make sure that it's one of, I'm just going to be present and I'm just going to listen to my breath. Dude, that's so good, man. Because um, I, I set a timer. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I set a Don't timer. I have, my, I have my time going. I'm going to sit here. Well, I lay it down. I'm going to lay down here. Just try and stay still, focus on my breathing. And then when the timer goes off, I'm done. Um, and and so when you sit down to meditate, you're you're sitting down. You're going to close your eyes and focus on your breath. When do you feel like you need you're ready to get up? Um, I just sort of feel it. I mean, recently, um, it's only since today that I've noticed, or you know, will help me with the fact that I've been doing it as a task. But during that sort of task, I'm like it sort of gets too much almost so i'm not meditating really it's like just sitting there for 25 minutes or 20 minutes keeping a still mind so i don't know i also have quite a um, i know when 20 minutes is even though i can't look at the clock you know if i i sort of have a rough estimate of how long i've sat there for mm. and i just think right this is enough and that shouldn't that shouldn't be it 
so yeah I'll, i'm gonna test that with um setting the intention to just meditate rather than sit there thinking about you know having to complete it by this time yeah so is it, has it been 20 minutes yet yeah yeah <laughs> i've been there before man but like um when i was meditating and sitting up i would um you know i something i've been working with is my posture um and so i would find it hard after a while to sit with my back straight up i would get stiff i'll get stiffed up and i would just be sitting there i'm like like fighting with myself to keep to you know to finish out like you know i'm committed to 15 minutes i'm gonna do 15 minutes even though this sucks and then it would get to the point where i'm just thinking i'm breathing like like it it hurts down my back but i'm just thinking you know i learned the lesson of temp the temporary nature of like things during that but yeah that that's something like i would get you know really close to being done and then my back would stiff up so i'd have to fight the last few minutes yeah, I mean, that takes a lot of discipline to do. Um, sometimes it depends on the day for me. Like sometimes I can I can just send it. But other days I'm like, it just feels like a lost cause because I'll be thinking too much about what I'm doing next or what the day is or why am I doing this or stop doing it. It's like a little mind to say stop, stop, stop. But you can anchor back to your breath. Although... I know it's tricky when your back is like in, on fire. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, I don't know. Um, there is benefits there, but I think also if, I don't know. I think there's benefits for going through that, of course, but oh, at yeah. the same time, if it's every day, then I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and so, so back to what you said about like your mind wandering off, like thinking about the night, the day and, and whatnot. So are you, are you trying to kind of cease those thoughts and, and like return to complete stillness where you're not really thinking, or are you letting these thoughts kind of pass by? Um, well, firstly, I'll, when I realize this happened, I'll focus back on my breath and then they naturally just sort of just go on their own. And what I try to do is like an attention exercise is whilst I'm breathing in four seconds and then holding four seconds, exhaling four seconds, holding. So box breathing, when I'm doing that, um, I will ask the question, what is my next thought going to be? Whilst I'm, so whilst I'm counting, so I'm sort of splitting my attention a little bit. And then I had it a few times where when you ask yourself the thought or what's the space in between your thought, That's a good I can one, feel, yeah, I can feel it literally in my head. And when I feel that feeling, it's like in my, I don't know, pineal gland or whatever, ar around the mid part of my head, above my eyes, I can feel, it's like dense. It's a dense feeling. So I can concentrate on that. But getting there is not always as, easy as that yeah sometimes, sometimes i would like when I, I was meditating um when i was still doing it sitting up i was i was meditating on listening for the space in between thoughts and i would have a thought and then i would go like so i had thought and then i would go like in between that space and it felt like i was going into it like it wasn't like thought appearing into your head it felt like you know thought into this space and then all of a sudden i'll be smacked with another thought and then as I practiced more and more, I was able to go deeper in that space for a longer period of time. And it's literally like, like blank. I can't, I can't describe it. It's just like blank. Yeah, I agree. And 
Um, although I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure I can pull out like that. Um, so a thought will come and then I can see between the thoughts. But I felt like yeah. I, oh, I felt like um, like like I said, dense energy in my head. But that space is blank, like you said. So it's like a really unique blackness. Yeah, there, I, there's no good way to explain it. Um, but it's no. so fascinating. Well. It almost is like um, for the listeners. What what's your next thoughts going to be? And for me, when I had that, when I thought about it, I was, I was like, I can feel it. Like you can feel it for an instant second. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So it's like there's something there, but there's nothing there at the same time. And that feeling is when I thought, huh. I can do this whilst meditating and yeah. amplify it. Because when you say, what is my next thought going to be? You literally stop and you wait for that next thought. And you're like, okay, there's, there's, there's nothing here right now, but like, there's, you know, the fact that there is nothing, there's still something there. Um, yeah. It's, it's really mind boggling. <laughs> well, I mean, when you just asked that, I felt it, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I never had the awareness to ask myself that question. I never thought to ask myself, what is my next thought going to be? Because I always thought thoughts were, were like normal, you know, thoughts are everywhere, but there is a state of mind where you can have a clear blank slate. Yes. Obviously it takes a bit of attention and um, practice to get there. But ultimately, again, that's what the presence alarm is for. That's what, um, talking to present people is about like learning how they do it. It's what meditation is about. It's what nature exercise, eating healthy sunlight, you know, you can reel all these things up, but they all co-align and synergize with each other for this area where you can access that is nothingness. Mm. Mm. Healthy body, healthy mind. That's what I say, man. Exactly. Um, the mind follows the body. That's why I think, um doing some form of exercise physical exercise is like the most beneficial thing you could possibly do in your life because your mind will then follow suit and then you'll, you'll notice that because you're clearing out your your body of toxins and yeah and negative energy yeah i was gonna say literally what you're doing is you're getting rid of that negative energy a good way to practice like a release of negative energy or if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling stressed, even a good way to just get rid of that is by shaking, like literally just stand there and just like shake your shoulders, shake your arms. shake. That's your a good point. And like release, it's like a release of energy. And yeah, so all you're doing is just releasing that. Um, and the same that thing- like lymphatic system. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, you know, lymph node tapping, like you tap your lymph nodes. Um, yeah, exactly. Dude, there's some right here into your jaw. If you like run your, if you, so for the listeners, if you take your thumbs and you put them right under your chin where you can feel your jawline and you run them down, down your jaw, it should feel like you have to swallow. And mm. that you have lymph nodes right there. And you know, your, your the lymph nodes help clear out the toxins and, and waste from your system. So activating your lymph nodes is important and is a habit that I don't do, but I should be doing. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I think we all should be doing that. I mean, it makes sense though, because the lymphatic system doesn't have a, um, it's not like the every other system. It doesn't have its own sort of pump. You know, there's no heart for the lymphatic system. So how you get the, literally physically the fluids moving is by sweating and exercising and, and moving. Like these all open up the channels for it to move around your body. And so, you know, running, cycling, weightlifting, all that stuff, not only clears your lymphatic system, you're sweating as well. And also to top that off is the sauna. The sauna after after gym session, have a sauna session, sweat it out, man. Dude, I, I don't have access to a sauna right now. Last time I've been in a sauna, let's see, over a year and a half ago. I'm not gonna oh, lie. It's so bro. Yeah, and so so like I'm in university right now. We have a we have a um like a you know a recreation center, fitness center. You know, we have we have you know great gym, basketball courts, volleyball courts, wide variety of of machines and whatnot, and we have punching bags and pull-up bars and uh, a little indoor track and a stair machine, but we don't have a sauna. I would love to have a sauna. That's funny. You got boxing bags in a commercial gym, but no sauna. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I wish I wish we had a sauna. I would be in it every day. I feel like a lot of people would be in it every day. Um, but... It's just so good. Like I could stay in there an hour at like sixty degrees. Like it's no problem. Sixty, seventy. Yeah, I um. The time I was in it before, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I went um, I went with a um some jujitsu guys actually. We we hit up a sauna and and um you know this is back back home where I'm from, and so we hit up a sauna. We hit up we did some swimming. We did sauna, and I just remember being in there and and I was like this it feels great and and you know you. I feel like there's some sort of mental battle to it if you've never been in there before, if you're working your way up. Um, but I enjoyed it. I really did. Well, it's just really relaxing for a start. But uh, I like to, because um, there is a sauna nearby where I am, but I don't have a membership for the gym because I got my own thing. So I, I make random appearances just for the sauna. But when I do, I like to meditate in there as well. Like, oh, for that. yeah, so, you know, you're just sitting about, you know, you're sweating, which is great. It's a good thing to do. But you can also do another good thing. Why not meditate? You know, it's a good way to also increase your tolerance to the heat. Like the longer you can, the more you can detach yourself from the heat, the more, the longer you'll be able to stay in there. Dude, that's that's awesome, man. I, I've I've seen somewhere before of somebody meditating and doing the sauna, um, which seems you know very cool. I remember when I was in the sauna before, I went with my jujitsu coach, and he was like, you know, me me and my other friend, we were sitting there just enjoying talking it out. He was in there doing some like ab exercise. He's like doing crunches while we're just. In the <laughs> I'm like, this guy's different, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is different. I like to, uh, I prefer to relax in the sauna, but I mean, some heat, heat never hurt you when you were doing uh, exercises. Why not? No. And I can, actually, I can attest to being in a sauna like environment before. So, um, so I know one time we talked about training Muay Thai, there's this place, there's a strictly Muay Thai gym that I've trained at a few times. And then in the summer, what he would do is he would, 
you know, it was in a very big mat space. And, you know, you walk in and the, the mat space, that was it. And it was this, you know, little, it was very small. What we, he would do in the summer is close off the doors and turn the heat up. And so we'd start training and it would be, get steamy in there and it would get so hot and, and you're training and you're just doing a bunch of exercises and doing some exercise with bags and whatnot. Dude, it felt like a sauna in there. I can't say I've ever been training whilst he's closed the windows and turned the heaters right out. <laughs> I've yeah, done something brutal. Yeah, I've done something similar uh, back in summer last year. It was like it peaked at like, I don't know, 30 degrees. Um, and there was not many people, degrees, degrees C, but there was not many people there. Uh, but that was pretty hard. It's draining, it is, but also it feels like freeing as well. When you're at the end, when you're, you're done, falling on the floor, you can't move anymore. It's like, I've worked hard today. You know, yeah. you earn, earn the rest you're going to get. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, dude, when you're finished working out and you know you're done, you feel so good. Like all those endorphins are being released. And I, I like to repeat to myself, especially post op, um, movement is medicine, man. Just constantly when I'm, I'm doing this stuff. Definitely. I mean, that would be the first bit of advice to anyone I give. It's like, if you're not moving, you know, be that weightlifting or running, sprinting, cycling, swimming, or just get into the gym or even walking. Yeah, you can walk. Start now. Start now. You're like, <laughs> you know, um, and it might be hard to begin with to start that habit, but down the line, you'll thank yourself tenfold. Like, you have no idea where that could take you. I mean, if I had never started exercising, I don't think I'd be talking to you right now. Hmm. So, you know, even these crazy opportunities that might come later on in life wouldn't come because you didn't exercise. Yeah, it's, it really is. It, like, it's the first thing that will help you get on to where you need to be. Like, we were not designed to be indoors. We were not designed to be sitting in chairs. We were not designed to eat fake food. We're not designed to, you know, look at fake reality on your screen. You're not designed to work a fake job. So the first thing, if you want to, you know, improve yourself, improve your current circumstance, just start exercising. And there's so many different forms of exercising. That's the great thing. You know, if you, let's say, okay, if you're bored by walking, go, go, you know, you can go swim, you can go cycle. I love riding my bike, but that's not my main form of exercise same i love to ride my bike but uh ever since i passed my my test i've been like <laughs> not touch my bike since which yeah. is probably very lazy of me what but test my car test oh okay very good. i haven't long passed my test i mean I, I was quite lazy with it but yeah since since being able to drive <laughs> i've stopped that but i understand i i one time went so my my city has a um it's like a, it's called the cross city trail and there's like it's like a paved you know asphalt trail that goes across the city so you can take it to the beach you can take it through the university campus you can take it to the downtown area and all around the town so one day i was like you know what i'm gonna go for a serendipitous bike ride i left my phone here some people said that was stupid but i left my phone you know at my apartment i went on a bike ride it went down the cross city trail I went like all the way across town. I had no idea where I was. 
and it was a beautiful day out. I came across this awesome park, and I so I had no idea where I was. I had no idea what time it was. I had no idea how long I'd been biking, and and me not having my phone, I I needed to go up to like you know other locals and say, hey, could, could you tell me where I am right now? Like I I have no idea <laughs> where I am right now. Um, so not having my phone made me you know can you know connect with people because I had a nice conversation with this couple. And the serendipitous bike ride itself and me explore different parts of my city that I never would have explored via a car. And, you know, I, I figured out where I was. I ended up going more, you know, on the bike ride further away. And I ended up in this other park. It was so beautiful. And then, you know, I, I was, ended up in this neighborhood. I was so turned around. And so I had to ask these kids, like these 13 year old boys, like, I was like, hey, can you tell me where I am right now? And I just had to figure out where I was. And you know, I didn't have my phone. So you know, I had to connect with those, you know, those boys playing basketball. And that was cool. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of it, I found my way back and I had to be that biker on the road for a couple minutes before I made my way back to my <laughs> the story. You know, I felt so good when I was done. I felt so good during it. Um, and all I did was, you know, leave my phone here and say, let me just go for a bike ride and see where it takes me yeah i did that not like not leave my phone but um for a, a walk uh, i did like an eight hour solo walk oh god from my phone off um i was tired at the end of it but it was just so nice to not have to worry about getting a, not that i have notifications on but even the presence of the phone is like it's almost, it's not obnoxious, it's nauseating, you know? Like, your, your phone's there, and when you go a day or two about using it, you realise how, how much of an effect it has on your life. Mm. And simply just going out about your phone, I don't think it was dangerous. I mean, you could have ended up on a, a wrong hood or <laughs> neighbourhood. You yeah. could have, but you, I'm sure you'd have cycled out pretty quickly. I mean... We're, we're quite resourceful when it comes to this sort of stuff. And also, you say you do jujitsu, so... Yeah. Although, if there's a group of people, I wouldn't want to be, you know, wrestling with them on the floor. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> that would be the last thing I'd want to do. Yeah, no. The first thing first thing you always do, de-escalate. If you can't de-escalate, run. <laughs> Just run. Yeah. It's Absolutely. not... It's really not worth it. Um, like, you know... No, I, for sure. I have trained... Um, I'm confident in those situations, but I do, I would not want to get in a physical altercation outside of a training environment. No. And there's also, cause I, I do train Muay Thai too. Yeah. And my trainer hasn't mentioned this, but there's like an unspoken rule that you don't use your knowledge on other people. Like, okay, maybe if they're really going attacking, attacking you. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm sure I could roundhouse kick someone, but what's the point? You know, there's, what if they hit their head on the floor in a, a wrong angle? You know, it could be over, lights out. And yeah. it's just, it, it's almost like an honor thing, like unspoken honor that you don't do that unless it's like the last solution, last resort. Yeah. Like, I think the same thing, like I would never, like, you know, if somebody if somebody wants to be confrontational, that's not what I'm going to resort to. I'm going to think about 
you know, de-escalating. And the fact that you know, that fact that you can be confident in your own ability, like if, if, if it did go south, then it kind of gives you a, a peace of mind to be able to handle situations like that. So, you know, if someone is being confrontational, um, like, for example, I, I ref soccer games um, and it can get very heated, believe it or not. Uh, the parents, you know, coaches even can get, you know, into it and, and they, their attached importance, you know, is, is reciprocated onto the referees. And there have been times where it gets confrontational and you're able to de-escalate it. And you're also able to be calm in the fact that you, you, you have these abilities that, that will keep you safe and your, your companions safe. Um, and it's actually, it, I think it's essential for, for people to understand because it, it makes you not want to act that way at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once you've been hit in the face or kneed in the face or elbowed in the face, you don't want to get elbowed in the face again. No, and you don't especially want to do that to somebody else. No, especially also, especially when there'll be adrenaline running high. It's a real situation. There's no pads or anything. If you get clocked in the face with an elbow, that's like, it's just a you don't want that so like you said the final final thing or give that to somebody else so like you say the final so before that even happens you just you talk and try to de-escalate it i i get that that's but i haven't been taught that that's the funny thing you know it's just unspoken yeah i, I wasn't taught it that. but like in, intuitively i i would want to de-escalate a situation even if i saw two people like about to start fighting or getting really confrontational like something you know i would not want to see that happens because they haven't trained so so that you know if they do try some roundhouse kick and kick them and their head hits the ink but you know the concrete at a weird angle you know that that's life-changing and they also have no control over those kinds of emotions because when you are training you're able to hone down on those those types of feelings um so i would i would you know be like hey let's let's not do this <laughs> yes and actually that's a good point with um with the training and what we've spoken about it's like when i haven't sparred all that much but when you do you sort of lose yourself like you've got combinations in your head you've been taught um numbers or patterns that you should you know whatever it is and even now i can i can hardly say what i would do yeah but, i'm thinking the same thing like if i'm doing jujitsu it just you know i'm totally yeah here so i'd probably do like a jab 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 low cross you know then a low left hook i don't know whatever um but when you're in that situation even if it's just sparring it's it's a good thing to try and re just remember to breathe um it's like literally meditation because mm. like you it's it's really hard to explain to somebody who hasn't been in in the the on the mat on the dojo before but you lose yourself you know you're you're interested just ramming and, and you make mistakes so when you just focus on your breath and you're completely there there's nothing else around you there might be those other guys they're sparring and you're also but you're it's you and the person in front of you and when you get to a, a point like that you know you see that that left low coming and you you raise your your leg and then boom cross and you don't even think about it it's like going into a conversation with somebody and and thinking like a script you've, you've got a script in your mind 
it just doesn't work <laughs> no no you can't you can't plan it out i can't tell you that okay well i'm going to start this role and i'm going to pull guard and once i pull guard i'm going to bait him into a triangle and then it just that doesn't it doesn't work like that you have to you have to hone in on your senses and you have to hone in on on your intuition and what you've been trained to do and like you said just breathe and go go with it like you know I, if i pull guard and i try to pull a triangle i get you know first they might read the triangle and then you know i have to do something else but once i, I remember distinctly one time i rolled with this guy i was still a white belt and i was rolling with this guy's a purple belt and and i rolled with him and i just out of nowhere i asked him i was like hey you think any i can work on anything like after you know after we roll i just want to know what he had to say he said you need to breathe more you need to focus on your breathing you stop breathing it's like I, I thought it was going to say something about technique but he said about my breathing yeah and that's something our um well where i'm the gym i'm at um he focuses on a hell of a lot it's like you can channel anything when you don't breathe and you don't notice it. You're out and you're you're throwing the punches, but you're holding your breath the whole time. There's no like you can transfer energy as well when you when and you can yeah. just get that little bit more pressure out. But it's also it's literally meditation. But in a sense, you're not just sat there doing nothing. That's one type of meditation, but this is like an active meditation where you become like the river. The river always moves, but it never moves. You know, mm. like think about that. Like <laughs> the water is always going, but the river stays the same. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Even yeah, <laughs> I heard Joe Rogan talk about how uh, jujitsu is like meditation. It's active meditation, and and wrapping this back around to to like confront confrontations. When you can stay calm under pressure. And literally just continue to breathe and focus in on breath even when there might be somebody who's trying to freaking kill you or knock your head off like not maybe they're not trying to but they got blood in their eyes you're not you won't make you can just see it it's it's hard to it really is hard you can control yourself and and when you can control yourself you're not going to be the one to get like put in prison because you did it too hard or whatever you you can focus and even just like get them in like a, a hold or something where they can't do anything. You're like, look. Yeah, I think about that too. <laughs> like, like I follow this account on Twitter. It's like this street fight stuff, whatever. And I, I see that, you know, people get upset, really upset. Like, I don't, I don't know why people get so upset, but you know, maybe it's that, you know, short breath, they stop breathing. So then all of a sudden they're heightened emotions. Um, you know, emotions get extreme you know, to an extreme state. And then people, people, when they fight on the street, there's just no, like, there's no remorse. There's no con controlled aspect to it. So somebody could die. And yeah, there's no rules. So, like, you know, I, I would make sure, like, if, if it did get physical, the thing I would do is just, you know, protect my safety first. And then, you know, attempt to de-escalate the decision in a physical way. You know, first you're trying to say, hey, like, let's, you know, calm down, let's back up. But, you know, then when it happens, you know, you have to de-escalate it with your, with your abilities. And there's a certain responsibility that comes with, you know, having these abilities where you use them for, you know, not for any harmful reasons, but to say, hey, let's, let's stop doing this. Um, and more often than not, I mean, the martial artist is going to be the last person to fight. 
it will net like all martial artists I've ever seen and probably were most of that I'm sure there's a few bad apples but most of them are the most calm and understanding because they understand they get on a true level how to remain normal even when there is danger and that improves your meditation tenfold when you can just you can do it whilst awake completely awake and you're in the flow zone so honestly (laughs) this is just a a thing uh, a a call to action if you don't do martial arts pick one (laughs) and do it yeah uh, it's yes even for even the ladies too it's so it's so uh i think it's important for some ladies to to know a little bit of it um there's there's um i don't want to say girl but she she's um she recently got her black belt and she's been training since she was since she could walk and she you know she's had training she's had um self-defense training she she is um she could um she could beat us all up yeah and and actually that's something really um because there's a girl like that at our gym as well and there's been a few times where i've had to spar against her and subconsciously you've you almost got to sort of hold back in a way but not and yes there's been multiple times where she's like nearly had my head off (laughs) it's a humbling thing especially also you know, it doesn't have to be a, a woman, and it can be a guy too. Like when there's somebody who's infinitely better than you, and it is holding back, and you know it, there's something so humbling about that. It's like you just remove your ego for a second and realize you can learn from this person. What did he do? What was he doing? You know, where was he looking? Where was his arms? Um, how could he? How could you choreograph yourself in less of an obvious way? it's um there's always lessons to be learned in everything and i just think doing it in a martial arts is like it's like a um, it's super efficient to do that stuff and it's fun (laughs) it's just fun yeah and and i i know what you i know what you mean about the um the uh you can tell when they're holding back like when i roll with her she'll do she'll she'll hold back like if i like i she's a black belt and you know she could, you know, she could like pin me down and whatnot, but she's, she's holding back. She's letting me work. And it's very, even, even other people in the gym too, that are better. Like you can tell sometimes they just let you work or sometimes they're holding back and you can just tell. And it's like, well, well, thanks. Like, you know, thanks for letting me know I suck. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, there's some people at the gym that will like, let me get them into a bad position for themselves so that they can then work out of it you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, you're going to let me, let me do this and let me have the advantageous position and then still like get yourself into the better position in 30 seconds. <laughs> but I mean, it's almost like, um, it's good to spar with someone who is way better than you. Um, just on the basis that you can learn so much. So, you know, and also they have to learn as well. Like, uh, yeah. even though, you might not be as good as them. It's still to get into a hard lock or something and get out of it. Not that I know much about jujitsu. Um, you will learn that for if that ever happened in a fight or a tournament or whatever or competition. I also think it's good to understand that people are just better than you at something. <laughs> it's always There's always be. a bigger fish. 
yeah, there's always, there's going to be somebody better than you at anything you do. And that is a hard lesson to learn. So like, even if like in jujitsu, there's a rank system in Muay Thai, there's not a rank system, but like, even if you're the same rank, there's people that are better than you. And, you know, you just got to understand that concept. Yeah. And you put your personality aside and not that you're personal, you don't take it personal, but um, also you can sort of tell someone's gravitas in a room. Like this might be a bit um, uh, spiritual or it's not tangible, but when there's a master in the room, like your coach or someone who's who comes for a seminar or something, not that I've been in a seminar with any masters, but I'm, I'm saying this on the basis of when you know someone's better than you, you can tell by the weight that they carry themselves in the room. Like, for example, my, I'd call him a, a master, my instructor. Maybe he's not a master, but I don't know. But he, there's only rare times where he's really shown how, how good he is. You know, there's not, it's not often that he'll, he'll show what he's made of because he doesn't need to, he knows this stuff. And when he looks at the room, he's not looking at you. He's, uh, he's taking in everything. Everything has been, there might be 20 people in this room and he's like, right, your, your legs out, guard up, you know, <laughs> small things. And, yeah. and you could, you just can tell that you, there's, if you went in a sparring match with that with him, him going full out, it'd just be like ten seconds. You, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, and that's just by the weight they carry themselves. So you can sort of see that outside the dojo as well. Yeah, and there's there's a certain respect that goes with it too. Like if if you know, like you know, obviously they're not going to walk around like they're the best person in the room, but but when you when you know that you know, not only are they the best, but they're your teacher there's a certain respect that goes with it. Yeah, I mean, I call him sir, and I'll also bow when he, bow. When he says that. It's like completely disrespectful. I won't enter the, the mat without bowing first, yeah. even though it's not like Muay Thai isn't in English culture. It's, it's Thailand, but there's still, that's part of the sport. That's part of the, the process and the culture around it. And if I'm, if I'm training with, with that, there. I have to respect that. Like, it might be that in another timeline, we wouldn't even be allowed to have such freedom as to learn self-defense and martial arts. You know, Muay Thai might not even be here. So I'm just profoundly grateful and respectful to the two teachers. And um, yeah. Dude, I 100% I agree with you. There's a certain, it's almost like a blessing to be able to go and, and train. And to also have teachers that that are going to take their time, time from their days, and, and teach you. Um, and I've, you know, I've learned so many lessons. I've become a better person. I, I've met awesome people through training, and I'm so grateful for for that and to have stumbled across it. So, and in a funny way, this is a, a good topic to be on because not only that it's like a an active meditation it's also this community there there's brotherhood even further than community like you're with brothers who are sweating some you might even be bleeding together at some points 
but that strengthens the bond between people who wouldn't necessarily be together like there's people in in the dojo that i would call friends and i i'm not even in their age group you know they might be 20 years older than me but that's not the point we're fighting together we're learning striving to be better or just having fun and it's like there's a um there's a norse word for it it's a manner bund it's like a group of brothers and that is like the most raw and especially for for a man to have that in your life to have that honor and respect and just a a, a community that deep is is profound dude that takes us full circle to the first topic we talked about the community <laughs> part um and honestly it, like it's more than a community it's a family um like you said brotherhood um like in jujitsu people are literally on top of you and it's like you're, <laughs> if you're outside of jujitsu and you're doing that stuff it can be pretty awkward um <laughs> and so you just have to get used to that you have to get used to you know people sweat getting on you people bleed they're gonna get on you people just laying on top of you that's just part of it and and you know it, it kind of is a unspoken type of a bond like yeah like we're jujitsu bros you know because we we roll around together like um i i um so my cousin trains a little bit me and him are pretty close and we had a family gathering one time and we like let's show them let's show them something so you know everybody's around it's like all right we're gonna show jujitsu and everyone's freaking out like no no are you guys about to fight it's like no no it's fine so i I don't know how much you or the listeners know about jujitsu but i put him in a closed guard and close guard is, um, again, if it's um, off the mats, it's a pretty awkward position. And um, so I have them in close guard, and I'm going to show them a triangle. And triangle, a triangle, for those of you who don't understand, is, is my legs are going on top of his shoulders, and I'm literally locking my legs with a single arm of his across my body to choke his throat. And so his head is like his head and his arm are like peeping through this little hole that I've made with my legs. So he's, like I said, if you're off the mats, it's a very awkward position. So I'm here, I'm explaining to them in my clothes guard and they're taking videos now. They're, they're eating it up, man. (laughs) I swear, like all of them were taking videos. They were so fascinated by what I was showing them. So I'm I'm in this clothes guard, I'm explaining. So what I'm going to show you here is a basic triangle from clothes guard. So what I want to do is isolate one arm. So I punch this arm. And then what I want to do is shoot my hips up to get his leg. So I shoot my hips up from around, you know, I had my legs wrapped around him. So I had to shoot my legs up onto his chest and they lost it, man. Like, you know, because, you know, it's, it's not, it's really awkward if you're off the mats and like, they didn't understand, but like, you know, if you, you're doing that with your jujitsu, bro, like, you know, it, it's totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I've never had the opportunity to show the skills to other people. And Muay Thai isn't quite as um, personal <laughs> as, as, as that, let's say. It's personal, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, I mean, the closest you get is is clinching and yeah. um clinch is fun though clinch is definitely fun and i'm actually i had a, a a moment of like realization like i'm i'm a strong guy and i was trying to use all strength against 
people who were you know 10 kg smaller than me but they still and even my even my my um uh instructor he he was like elliot like we'll go out and he, he picks people in our room sometimes he's like elliot come on we're gonna clinch and i was like oh my <laughs> so um I'm, I'm doing it but i'm like muscling my way through it and bearing in mind i'm fresh on this and so is he so we're sort of equally matched that he's not he's not really doing stuff on me you know he's not um he's not doing techniques he's just letting me do my like try and get in him behind yeah behind the net um so i we've done that and i was like cool then we went with partners and i did the same thing but that was a short and stocky guy i mean i might be i'm six foot but he he was like five ten and he was really really stocky and i was trying to muffle him i even though i was stronger taller and bigger he was still throwing me about like a like a rag doll because like what i didn't realize was when you do that strength it has to go somewhere and if you're tensed up that gives the other person more more relaxed movements to to throw you off and honestly i can't remember where i was going to go with this but <laughs> it was like a realization that it's not all about muscle and strength it's yes. definitely technique as well and that's yeah, what people don't understand same with jiu-jitsu and like jiu-jitsu is perfect for all body types one of the instructors <laughs> My gym is like five, six, five, I'm five, eight. So I'm, I'm a small guy. Usually I'm one of the smaller guys on the mats. And, and, you know, even for my instructor, that's really small. People will walk in and be like, he's your, he's your instructor. Pfft, come on. Like yeah, whatever. if you get on the mats with him, he will, you know, he will, um, he will show you what he's all about. Um, so, so yeah, I, I know Muay Thai, like, you know, Sometimes the size can be a little bit hard to get past, but with jujitsu, man, each each body has its own, you know, characteristics and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, man. Um, so as we wrap up here, I want to ask you if there is one thing that you could share with the whole world. If there's one thing you could tell everybody, what would that thing be? You had one last party message. One final thing to tell everybody. What would it be? Oh God, bro. Um, I would personally say start moving and exercise more. Start moving and exercise more. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Choose something that, that resonates with you and send it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, I appreciate this. It was a great conversation. Uh, we came in with some topics, but uh, definitely deviated, but I'm not um, not upset at all. Well, no, thank you very much for having me. I, um, I enjoyed this. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yes, sir.